The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to the fighter versus the writer. I am your host as always. I am Damon Martin. And today I am joined by the man who will help me preview UFC 271. He is the former UFC middleweight champion and apparently a terror to all uh, Madden players on PS5. Uh, Chris Weidman. Chris, uh, I see you are just just killing people on Madden football on Sunday nights when you have some free time. Bro, I've been playing too much Madden, man. I don't know what it means. I don't know if it's like I'm depressed or something, but I've been I gotta step away from Madden because I'm getting too damn good. I'm I beat the number thirty three guy in the world yesterday. I beat like, you know, a couple guys in the top, you know, five thousand over the last week. And I'm like, man, what's going on? I, do I have a future in this? Like, you know, I'm I'm starting to feel good. My legs coming back and now I'm at a crossroads. Do I start going full swing into into fighting again or do I stick with Madden? I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, and apparently from what I see on Twitter, that's not the only game you're good at. Apparently, you can also school Aljamain Sterling in chess and words with friends. So, Chris Weidman, the competitor, is not to be messed with. Let's not leave Connect Four out 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 of the <laughs> out of the picture too, because to be honest, I'm world class when it comes to Connect Four. Uh, words with friends, I'm a nightmare as well. Uh, but Connect Four is probably out of every game there is in the world, including fighting, what I'm best at. <laughs> I would when I saw you post about Madden I had like a memory because I used to be like a hard hardcore Madden player back in the day and I actually had to stop playing because I got so obsessed like I would play like an entire season in like a day uh and I had to walk away from it because it just got so I was never great at it. I was pretty good I was never great at it but I got fully obsessed so I totally understand the urge to just sit there and play Madden all night it's a, it really is a problem. So I have a group of like 10 friends I went to high school with. And the way we kind of stay in touch over the last uh, almost 20 years is playing Madden. <laughs> so it's like every year when Madden comes out, it's like we reconnect and we play through the season. We do like a franchise together. Uh, and we just, we just like, we end up playing for money. I lose money. I win money. I mostly lose money to be honest. There's freaking one kid. He's a cheater. Um, and uh, it's, it's fun, man. It's a nice little, little get away from reality i guess um but it could take it could take a lot of time away from some of the important things so i have to get better at uh you know doing the more important things before i dive into madden yeah now i, I, I think I, 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 
I think I saw you play with the Chiefs. Is that your team? Yeah, I'm kind of a bandwagoner, uh, bandwagon fan with that. Just for the just for the game, you know. Um, Mahomes, I like a mobile quarterback. He's got great wide receivers. The defense I work with well. Um, so um, and I like their playbook. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a Chiefs guy, and I'm, I'm mad at him for this year. But I will mix it up, and I will mix it up, and, and I could beat I could beat people with other teams too. But that's the team I, I I'm more, most complete with. Yeah, just a little, just one piece of advice where we start talking about fighting. I just want to say, as a Cincinnati kid, uh, maybe you should try out the Bengals because apparently they have Mahomes' number. I mean, two times this year, take them to the Super Bowl. I'm super excited for the Bengals being in the Super Bowl this week. I'm just saying, like, you know, Joe Burrow might be, you know, like the uh, the kryptonite to Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying. Bro, I'm all in on Joe Burrow right now. I'm with you. I'm very, I'm, I'm teetering on that line of crossing over and being a Bengals fan at this point. I'm rooting for the Bengals in the Super Bowl, man. I'm rooting for the underdogs, what they came through in this season. I mean, they lost to the Jets during the year. So, for the fact that they're in the Super Bowl, I, it's, a, it's an amazing underdog Cinderella story, and I'm rooting for them. That city, when was the last time I see people crying? You know, I seen like a guy, he's, he's like nine years old, hysterically crying when they, you know, made it to the Super Bowl. And so you got to feel good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been over, it was over 30 years since a playoff win. I think the last Super Bowl was 88. Uh, which is, you know, I was a kid, so like, I don't re- even remember it. So, like, so like, yeah, this is yeah. like a, this is a, this is a big time for us Bengals fans. Uh, Chris, of course, awesome. uh, a big weekend coming up this week. Before we talk about the fights, let me just ask the obvious question. How are you doing? I know you've been doing your podcast. Uh, you're killing it over there, but I mean, how are you doing in terms of your, your leg, your recovery? Uh, I know you're training, you know, so what's going on? How are you? I mean, so I'm almost, I'm like doing everything. My leg's not where I need it to be yet to be happy going into the octagon, octagon against like world-class guys and, and thinking I could be the best in the world. Um, it's not there yet just because of strength and some little bit of pain I'm still dealing with in the lower leg uh, while, while like moving around. And, but it, it's progressively getting worse. I mean, I'm pro- getting better. And uh, I think, um, in the next month or two, I'll be to the point where I'm happy with it. And, and then I can start like a pre-training camp, you know, get get my body back into like hardcore shape and kind of see how the body deals with a, a camp as like a mock training camp. And then, I'm, and then I'll get into it. Then I'll probably call the UFC, try to set up a fight and then get into a real training camp. So uh, do you think, I've been do training you think, hard. Do you think so you'll I, fight in 2022? Absolutely. A hundred, 100%. I'm, I want to. I want to fight before I, I turn thirty-eight in June. That's kind of always. That's my goal. I hate seeing the older, the older age on the screen when I get introduced. Um, I always been like that. Even when I was in my twenties, I'm like, I got. I don't want to be, you know, twenty-nine. I want to be twenty-eight. You know, for the next one. So I still have that in me a little bit. Now I'm just way older. Um, and uh, so if I could fight around June, early June, that would be great. Again, there's a lot, and there's a lot of a uh, lot in the air. Uh, and uh, it's very unpredictable. It's this is a very serious injury. I've been through lots of injuries before. Obviously, we know, I, you know I've had 25 surgeries. Blah 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 blah. This is very different. There's just you know a lot of moving parts, and so um, I can't. I you know I have goals. You know when I would like to fight, but I'm not going to die over like a month or two difference. You know, uh, but I am coming back, and I am coming back to 2022. And for all my fans out there, I always, I appreciate the support. And I will just let you know right now that um, I am 
I am looking really good at the gym. I'm, I'm training with like some top up and coming guys, uh, you know, some some undefeated uh, pro MMA guys in my weight class. I'm doing really good. I feel great. Um, I just gotta get my body healthy and get out there again. <laughs> I mean, I could walk into a fight tomorrow and probably win against uh, a lot of the guys, but I still want to be better uh, with my leg. So um, I'm, I'm gonna take the time and get my body there. Yeah, I know that you need to hear this from me. I'm sure you hear it from a lot of people closer to you, Chris. But let me just say, because I remember we talked a couple of weeks after the injury happened. And, you know, one of the one of the first interviews you did, we talked about and everything you were going through. Uh, I, I just, it's amazing, man. I mean, to go through what you went through, the traumatic injury, all the things you had to go through, to think you're going to fight in 2022, man, that's just so amazing. It's inspirational, really, uh, because again, you never gave up on yourself. And you always had to believe you were going to come back. But I, because I know I, we talked several times during the injury, you know, the kind of the dark periods you go through when you're dealing with like yeah. trying to come back and all that kind of stuff, man. Seriously, like, not that you need my okay to say, man, that's just amazing. Seriously. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and it's not, and, and, you know, a lot of people out there, you know, they're like, you know, why are you doing this? You already became world champion. Like, what, what's the point of putting yourself back out there, you know, possibly get knocked out, possibly get, possibly get hurt again? Oh, you know, you, you know, people think I have, you know, other abilities to make money and, um, and like, why would you be doing this? And I honestly, I, it's not, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not doing it for any other reason. than like, I, I truly love it. I love training. And if I didn't really believe it and other people around me believe it, that I'm still very high level and capable, capable of beating anybody, um, I wouldn't be doing this. You know, if I'm getting, if I'm getting, you know, thrown around in the gym, you know, and I start seeing a decline in my skill set um, as time goes on. I'm not sticking around. And I know a lot of people say this, and, and so I don't want to be uh, sound redundant, but this kind of just, I'm just being as honest as, as I can. Um, yeah, so not that I'm going to be fighting forever, but right now it looks like my body's going to give me another chance at this, and I know I can fight at the highest level. And, uh, and what's, what's better to like for me than to create an awesome story, you know, to motivate and inspire people. Everyone's seen what happened to me and me come back and make a big splash. That's, that really excites me. Uh, so I'm, I'm pumped and I'm, I'm going to keep training hard and, you know, um, I've been quiet online about, you know, how my recovery is really going because I'm doing a ESPN, uh, documentary and he's 60 and there's a lot, you know, I can't really put out a lot of the the the, uh, the setbacks I've had during this time, but there's been a few of them. And, uh, you know, the full story will come out probably right before my fight. People will get to see the, the E60 story. It's the same people who did Alex Smith's documentary uh, is doing mine. So um, I'm battling every day and uh, we'll, we'll get there. But the story hasn't been told yet. I can't believe it. I, I feel bad. I can't. I'm not being really keeping people involved in my everyday life like I'd like to and you know because I've had a lot of support and it's because I really can so yeah well I understand that hey we're still getting the tea here on uh, fighter versus rider right now with you coming back so I definitely appreciate that but Chris let's talk about the subject at hand which is UFC 271 this week and of course um Part of the reason why I wanted to have you on, beyond you being a great analyst, of course, you have a vested interest in this card because you are a middleweight. You are a former champion. You know, we've talked numerous times about 
the desire to one day fight a guy like Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker, and of course, Derek Brunson and Jared Cannonier and another featured middleweight bout. Uh, you, I know you watch the fights and then you, you know, you break down things on your own podcast, things like that. You've done a lot of other interviews, but do you, do you pay special attention when it's a big middleweight fight? Like when it's in your own division, do you get a little more excited? Oh yeah, definitely. I get like a little anxiety because I start like envisioning me fighting these guys and how I would do. And I, and I see their skill set and I'm, and I'm measuring, it's a measuring stick for me to see where I'm at. Uh, so you, I get a lot more out of that. I get to see the, you know, what, what the new stuff is that people are being creative with and, and seeing if they can get off in the octagon and, you know, it gives me ideas and it's things I can learn from them. So I, I definitely pay more attention um, when it's big fights against guys I really respect in the division. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm going to see, you know, some high-class martial arts for sure. Yeah. Let me ask, you know, before we talk about the breakdown of the fight, you know, one of the big narratives going into this, and maybe you probably saw it online, you know, Daniel Cormier talked about it on his show, uh, DC and RC, and he talked about, you know, people are already trying to crown Israel Adesanya as the, as the goat, the greatest ever. And one, one downside of our sport, Chris, and you know, this is we all have prisoner of the moment syndrome in this sport, whether good or bad, you win one fight. Oh my God, you're the greatest thing ever. You lose one fight. Suddenly you're a bum and no one cares about you anymore, which is utterly ridiculous. But this idea that Israel is already the goat. Now, listen, I have absolutely the utmost respect for Israel Adesanya. I think he's a beast. I think he's done a lot of great things at middleweight. But, you know, I think you're the guy who beat the goat. I mean, Anderson Silva, to me, still stands out. I, you know, 10 title defenses, nine title defenses, whatever it was. All the things he did at light heavyweight as well. I have a hard time putting anyone above him, you know, and, and you're the guy who beat him. And I know you have a tremendous amount of respect for Anderson uh, where do you, cause you actually have a, a real voice on this subject, Chris, because you're in this division. You are a former champion. Uh, you're a guy who set your own legacy up in this division. So I don't know, where do you fall in this discussion about like the goat does, or should we even be having this discussion? I mean, it's all opinion based. It's all speculative stuff that we'll never know the real answer on. It's all based on people's opinions. So, but it's fun discussion. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay, I thought it went out for a second. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, <clears throat> I always kind of looked at title defenses as the as the kind of the gauge of uh, a, a champion, and, and the amount of times that they held the title is is you know how how great of a champion they were because it's really hard to hold on to that belt for a long time. And um, and Anderson Silva, without a doubt, was the guy who, who did that more than anybody. Uh, and so for me, he, you know, he's the goat of the weight class. And now I came in, I beat him twice, um, but I wasn't able to defend my belt as many times as he did. And uh, so based on my criteria, I wouldn't say I'm the good of middleweight, but I'm definitely right up there. You know, I defended the belt three times. I you know, had my, the competition I had was, was deep and tough. It's old guys on winning streaks that were legends in the sport. Um, but, um, but I lost and I haven't got back up there. Oh, but based on title reigns, um, I don't know was how many how many at, does Adesanya have at middleweight right now? I think he's I think it's at three or four. If actually, it might be three. I think if I'm not mistaken. So he already defended the belt three times, or he's defending this one. I think this time? might be his fourth, if I'm not mistaken. I think I think this is his fourth right now. Actually, let me look right now. I got it right in front of me. Let's see here. He has defended his title. Let's see one, two, three. Yeah, this will be his fourth defense. Gotcha. Yeah. So this is a big fight for him. And I think Whitaker, um, he looked so good in that last fight. 
against Gaslam. And, um, you know, you could look at the Gaslam fight where Adesanya fought him, you could look, and then you could compare it to when Whitaker fought Gaslam. Uh, but yeah, I think you had two, two different Gaslams at that time, you know, with different confidence levels. Um, so that, that being said, um, it's hard to take that fight and be like, oh, now, you know, Whitaker's definitely winning. But I look inside those fights and I look how guys have progressed since they fought the first time. Like, so when I look at Whitaker and I look at Adesanya since their first fight. And I don't think Adesanya's had a loss. You know, he lost to Blackwoods, got out-wrestled. Um, you know, he beat Vittori. Um, he's looked good, but I don't think he's looked like he's improved and gotten better and better and more dangerous and more spectacular. Um, I think there's less of a uh, this uh, aura around him than there was, you know, in the beginning. Uh, I think there's chinks in his armor that have been exposed. And Whitaker's obviously had he's had his losses, but um, he has been coming back now and looking better than ever. And I think he has a chip on his shoulder um, going into this fight. But, you know, the crap that Adesanya talked in the first fight and after the fight happened and how Whitaker kind of just kept to himself and he didn't, you know, come back at Adesanya and, and try to uh, lose it. Uh, and, and try to, uh, you know, talk trash back. He just kept it in, kept training, and you can see he's improved. And now he has his opportunity to get that redemption fight um, against a guy who everyone thinks is the best and the greatest of all time and all this stuff without, in my opinion, you know, I don't think he's at that level to even be spoke about yet. Um, but I understand the glitz and the glamour, the interviews, and, you know, he's exciting. I understand his, what he looks like out there athletically. Uh, but that being said, it's about what you've done and what you've accomplished. And at this point, yeah, he's not there yet with the go talk. I know I'm all over the place. I'm doing the uh, breakdown of Whitaker and Adesanya and also with the go talk <laughs> at the same time. But um, yeah, I, 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 my prediction, since we're just sticking with that, like I, I think um, I think Whitaker makes it happen. I think he's got more of a chip on his shoulder. Um, I think there's, you know, can he wrestle him for five rounds? I don't see that happening just because it's not his style. And I think he would love to do that, but I, and it's maybe he's maybe capable, but I don't think he has the experience of doing that. Um, so I don't see that happening, but I think he can win a couple of rounds with some takedowns and then also be way better than he was the first time. The first time they fought, I've never seen it. He, he had like a malfunction out there. Um, he was throwing, he was, it was just, it didn't seem, it wasn't his best self for sure. He was throwing these weird haymakers. He looked tense. I don't know if the moment got to him. I don't know if training was wrong. I don't know if the game plan was that way. And, uh, he's learned from it. But if you look at the, the relaxation of him fighting at Sanya that first time, and then his relaxation, his last fight, uh, it's a completely different fighter. Um, and at Sanya, I don't think it's changed that much. So, I just think we have a completely different fight than the first one. Uh, and if he stays calm and doesn't, you know, spaz out of control, like I think he kind of did in that first one, um, I do think he has more tools to win the fight. And uh, and not to just keep coming on Adesanya, on, um, keep talking so good about Whitaker. Adesanya is, I mean, he's the he's the best striker in the, in the division, you know, maybe in, in the UFC, uh, just striking-wise, you know, the way he could um, – fight from both stances and the way he can mix it up from the kicks to the punches and range control and get into people's minds and his aura that he brings, um, his, his space controlling is, is top notch. And he's great. He has great takedown defense. He's, you know, he, he does good against a lot of top guys and, you know, he's, he's a special fighter for sure, but I just think it's going to be Whitaker's night. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a lot different of a fight than the first one, of course. I think Robert Whitaker did not look like himself. He doesn't come in there throwing wild haymakers and going crazy, you know, aggressive forward. He's a very tactical, very technical striker, and I, I've been to a lot of Robert's fights. He's a very, very good striker, and he stays within himself when he does that. He doesn't get wild, and the fact that he went out there throwing these crazy overhand punches it was just a really weird performance from him that night he's come back since then won three in a row and and you're actually about the third person i've talked to chris who says you know robert could also go out there and mix in some wrestling people kind of underrate his wrestling here's the thing i i still lean towards adesanya winning i don't think it will be anything like the first fight i think it's going to be like one of those three rounds to two kind of fights where he's going to have to edge him out in a couple of rounds to win the fight and retain the title. But here's a question I have. And I said this a few months ago, and I want to take nothing away from Juliana Pena when she had her big victory. But I said for months leading into that fight, I said to me, the biggest enemy of Amanda Nunes being the most dominant champion in the UFC right now is complacency. You know, she already beat Ronda. She already beat Misha. She beat Holly. She beat cyborg. She beat all the goats, all the greatest women's fighters. Can she still get up for somebody who, at the time, Juliana was on a one fight, had only won one fight in a row, hadn't really ever been that, you know, top fighter. And then Juliana came in there with a mindset of, listen, I'm going to take her out. And she did. It was a brilliant performance from Juliana Pena. But I always said, I think Amanda's worst enemy is complacency. In this case, I don't necessarily think Adesanya's complacency, but it's a rematch. He he demolished Robert Whitaker the first time around. It was a lopsided, one-sided fight. Knocked him out in the second round, I believe. Can he get up for that? Like, I, I got to question that. Like, can he get as excited for the rematch knowing what you did? Because you, you know, Chris, I'd probably ask you this question. When when rematches come up that you've won, you know, it does get a little harder to get excited when it's like if you go out there and knock out a guy in, you know, two minutes. How do you top that? How do you get better than that? It can only go worse in a way. So am I wrong in thinking that there is some factor that could play a small a small part if Adesanya isn't, you know, isn't totally into fighting Whitaker again? Because you hear his interviews, he says, I haven't really seen that much different from him. You know, did he, did he invent a new move or something I haven't seen? Like, not to say he's discounting Whitaker, but it's almost like he doesn't really see Whitaker on his level. And I wonder if that, that can't be a mistake. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, I, 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 that definitely is a possibility and that could be what's going to happen here. But if I'm putting myself in Adesanya's shoes for this one, I think he has a big chip on his shoulder too. And I think he really is going to do everything he can to take this fight serious. He does not want to lose to Whitaker. The whole Australia thing, the fact that he knocked him out the last time, 
people are saying that Wet Whitaker, you know, didn't fight well and now he's going to fight better. I think there's going to be a chip on his shoulder too, um, to where he's doing everything he can to shut this one up. And then maybe we see some complacency uh, moving forward. I think that's this might be the title defense that if he's able to get through it, you see a little bit, bit complacency moving forward. I think on this one, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird bad blood, like where he wants to put this one to bed and he'll feel like he can breathe. Um, I, I still don't think he's to the point where he's feeling like uh, he's breathing at 100% capacity uh, without getting over the second Whitaker win. So I think he, that's why I think we're, we're going to have a great fight. I think we're going to have two guys that want to freaking win badly. Um, I just think that Whitaker has it maybe even a little bit more, and he's bringing more to the table than they did last time. So that's why I'm going Whitaker. But I think I think both these guys are going to be super motivated for this fight. Yeah, I look forward to it. You know, it's funny, you know, when we talked about, you know, your desire to fight Israel Adesanya, you've always told me, Chris, that you felt like stylistically, you just had a style that could give Adesanya problems. Of course, everyone knows you come from a tremendous grappling and wrestling background. And, and we saw what Jan Blachowicz did. And again, doing it again is a whole other story. I mean, Marvin Vittori couldn't go out there and get you know Adesanya down, and, and he couldn't follow that blueprint, so to speak, that Jan did by getting him down, staying on top of him, controlling him on the ground. Uh, I know you've talked about that nauseum. Another big fight on this card is the fight between Derek Brunson and Jared Cannonier. And I, listen, Derek got sliced and diced by Adesanya when they fought a couple years ago. No doubt about it. Lopsided fight. He wasn't setting up his takedowns and he just got picked apart on the feet. Adesanya and, by, was like, and, and, by, and by Whitaker. Sorry to interrupt. And by Whitaker. That was yeah. an embarrassing fight too. Yeah. But the way Brunson's been fighting recently, he's been fighting more like a guy who could potentially be a threat. You know, he's been using his wrestling. He's gone back to controlling guys on the ground, beating guys on the ground, things like that. But to get to the winner of Adesanya Whitaker, he's got to go through a guy in Jared Cannonier who has been incredibly tough. His one loss recently was to Robert Whitaker by decision. No shame in that. He went out there and beat Kelvin Gastelum his last time out. Of course, he has the knockout over Jack Hermanson. This is a really interesting fight, especially for Brunson, because this is, you know, Brunson's getting up there. He's in his he's in his upper 30s, you know. He's getting to the point now where he won't have many more chances to put himself into position to fight for a title. So is it kind of make or break for Derek Brunson? Here? Like, a win, maybe he gets a title shot. A loss, maybe he never gets a title shot. Yeah, actually, I think it is. Not to put extra pressure on him, but I think it is one of those fights for him where, you know, he's kind of never been the guy who's really close to fighting for a championship. And now, after all these years of all the ups and downs, he's finally there, you know, and this is his, this is his opportunity. Um, and he's looked better than he has in the past by, by a lot. You know, I was a, a critic of him, just like the way he would, you know, he spazzed out. He was so uncomfortable on the feet. He's diving in for takedowns. You know, sometimes he gets it, sometimes he doesn't, but it's just so desperate and uh, not efficient at all. Um, and um, so against the top guys, he, he struggled. But I think recently, I mean, he beat Edmund Shabazian, right? What was the other guy that he did well against recently? Uh, he beat Darren Till, submitted Darren Till. Yeah, okay, yeah. So both these guys, uh, Darren Till was a great one. Like, Shabazian's not that dangerous on the feet. And, um, and Darren Till is, you know, he's a welterweight coming up. I wouldn't say he's super dangerous on the feet either. Um, Cannoneer's dangerous, you know, and, and, and so is Adesanya and so is Whitaker. Now, does that put him back into that into that that state that we've seen him get into before, where he's panicking, you know, and he's not comfortable on the feet, and it's obvious he's desperate for a takedown, and you know, uh, so like Shabazian, he's super, he was super relaxed with that, and 
I just don't know. I just don't know if Cannoneer is going to put that that back in them. You know, that that habit's going to come out again. Where oh my god, it's like fight or flight. You know, and um, I but I will say I'm going with I am going with Brunson on this one. Um, I I think um, Cannoneer doesn't have great wrestling in my opinion, um, and I think and, and I think he will tire if taken down and held and and I think Brunson's not afraid to be boring. You know, he's not afraid to go for the takedown. So I do think if he could somehow stay calm for a while, you know, in this fight and get to some takedowns, uh, you know, he's winning the fight. I, 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 I'm going to say my money's on Cannonier. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm freaking Bob Brunson. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Brunson wins. I like Jared Cannonier very much. He hits like a truck. A super strong guy, but as you said, I'm not I'm not super confident in his wrestling. And unless he can catch, you know, Derek coming in, I think Derek again, Derek turning to his wrestling to me has been the key to this five, I think five or six fight win streak he's on because he went out there and started taking guys down again. He stopped just going out there trying to knock people out and, and have these kind of crazy wild fights. He actually has gone out there and went back to his bread and butter, which is his wrestling. And and again, I mean, I think people forget like years ago, like he had, he had taken down and controlled Yoel Romero on the freaking ground with his wrestling. And then, you know, Yoel came back, caught him in the third round, knocked him out. And, you know, Yoel's a, a monster. We all know that. But Derek is an incredible wrestler when he uses it. He's just got to set it up the right way. As you said, he cannot panic out there because Derek, or excuse me, Derek Cannonier only needs one. He hits you one time and you're done. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it comes down to how comfortable uh, Brunson's going to be in there. And uh, I've seen him start the fight where he looks comfortable. You know, I think he really tries to work on that. I think he knows his tendencies of kind of spiraling out of control. And he really tries to harness himself. But I think once he is in a dangerous situation, he tends to just punch as hard as he can. His chin comes up in the air. You know, he'll run across the octagon to try to hit and then look for the legs, you know. And um, against a good guy who's more relaxed than that, that's a dangerous situation to be in. Um, so if he could if he could harness, uh, you know, his, you know, just, and just be comfortable in, in that fight, I do think he's winning the fight. Yeah, I agree. One more fight I want to talk about real quick, Chris. We talk about, you know, fighting up or fighting down to the moment. I think that's a big thing in, in these huge fights like this. And, and the co-main event actually features a heavyweight fight with Derek Lewis fighting Tai Tuivasa. And Derek is back in his hometown of Houston. And Derek has talked about recently, you know, the pressure of fighting at home. I think it was a Cyril Ghosn fight and a couple other moments, you know, the, the, the Daniel Cormier fight in particular in New York where the moment kind of got to him, the pressure kind of got to him. And I think Derek Lewis is a monster. I think he's again, one of the most powerful punchers we've ever seen in this sport. And, and I think that, I don't know, you tell me if I'm wrong, but like, I think Derek is one of those guys who will always be a threat. He'll always be, you know, incredible knockout. And if you test him on the feet, chances are you're going to sleep. I don't think Derek will ever be a champion, and I don't mean that as an insult. He's had two chances come up short, and both of them are pretty lopsided fights, if we're being honest. He lost pretty lopsided to, to DC, lost pretty lopsided to Cyril Gaon. I just think Derek's one of those guys who's going to be like the number three guy in the world. And there's no shame, by the way, of being the third best heavyweight in our sport. I just don't think he's ever going to be a champion. I don't think he's ever going to come up to that moment. I just don't feel like Derek wants it. Like It just seems like he kind of wilts in the spotlight a little bit when it comes to those big moments. That being said, 
Tied to Ivasa, big puncher, moves forward. That's a guy that Derek Lewis typically feasts on. And, and this is, again, co-main event. Spotlight's not on him. Not a title fight. Not five, not five rounds. These are all things that make me believe Derek Lewis is going to win this fight. But again, it's a real thing when we talk about the pressure and how he's dealt with that. I just don't think he likes being in those moments. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, and, and I think especially when he's in there with some and those pressure pressures there, I think he tends to shut down. Um, but I, I think with Ty Tuivasa, if he's moving forward on him, and uh, so you know you back a pit bull into you know into a corner, they they have no no choice other than to jump and bite your neck, you know. And I think I'm pretty sure that's what we're gonna see. Um, I think the Black Beast, and I like I like to tie to Tuivasa a lot, um, but yeah, I go with the the power that. That, that Derek has is uh, like no other heavyweight, I don't think, you know, and look how Francis Nagano fought him, you know, there's a reason there. he felt it, you know, um, he has a different type of power. He throws it from anywhere. It's intimidating. It's either, you know, you wear him down, take him down, get him tired. And he, you kind of like, you know, over his belly aches. Like, you know, you see that you get that guy or you get this freaking monster who's determined to take your head off. And um, we'll see which one we got coming up. Yeah, I, I'm one of those guys, like, I think, you know, again, and Ty, I like Ty, too, and Vasa very much. He's an incredibly good fighter. He's been on a great streak, but he's one of those guys, he, he does get hit. You know, we saw him get tagged a little bit in the Greg Hardy fight. He came right back and knocked him out, of course, but, you know, he does get hit, and you can't get hit with Derek Lewis. You know, that's that's literally like playing with dynamite. Like, that guy just touches you. I mean, I remember the Curtis Blades fight. You know, Curtis ducked his head the wrong way one time uppercut done i mean that's just Derek lewis's power he just needs to he didn't need to hit you hard he just needs to catch you like glancing blow and you're done and so i just think like and again i i would pick Derek to win a lot of fights in heavyweight there's a lot of guys at heavyweight in the top five top six in the world i think he beats i just don't think he i don't think he really want i don't think he cares i don't think champion i don't think he just has that mentality where he wants to be a champion or he kind of lives up to that moment and you know what that's okay some people aren't there some people you've been there you know what it's like to be a champion you know the pressure that comes along with that some guys just aren't into that it's completely okay he can spend the rest of his career making millions of dollars knocking out everybody else winning a lot of money nothing wrong with that whatsoever so i want to make that clear like i'm not bashing Derek lewis i just don't think he's a guy who really cares about being a champion necessarily but you put him in there with anybody else three round fight especially good chance you're going to sleep yep yep i agree i agree with you um yeah, I don't know if he's really, you know, to be a champion, you got to like, like you got gone who got out wrestled. So now he's bringing in like, you know, wrestlers from Chechnya, you know, Francis again, I want to work on wrestling. He, you know, he brought in wrestlers and he was working like a madman to, to be, you know, become a better wrestler and it worked out for him. And I don't think Derek Lewis is the guy where if he gets out wrestled or if he gets out kickboxed that he's bringing in people to try to better himself and like really learn new techniques. I could be wrong, but just kind of from the things I've known from things I've heard and, and know from, you know, hearing him and, you know, whatever his team is, uh, is pretty much that like, I don't know if he's willing to put that extra work in. Like when you can go out there and pretty much knock out anybody, it's hard to, 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 to put that extra work in when you don't really need to. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's heavyweight, man. Like you said, you know how heavyweight goes. You know, again, one shot done. You don't really need much more. Uh, and that's, you know, again, Derek Lewis is that guy. So I, I like Derek Lewis to win this weekend. I like Derek Lewis to win a lot of fights. Don't think I don't think he'll become heavyweight champion. I don't know that he even really cares to become heavyweight champion. If he gets paid like a champion, I think that's going to matter more. <laughs> If you hear Derek Lewis, he's all about the money. And you know what? We forget sometimes it is prize fighting. So if he's all about the money, let him be all about the money. I'm completely okay with that. Yeah, yeah. He, he might be smarter than everybody. So <laughs> good for him. Yeah. Uh, Chris, before I let you go, and I appreciate you breaking everything down with me today. Uh, of course, you've also got your podcast I mentioned, Won't Back Down. What else you got going on? Anything else you got going on right now? You're always busy. As I said, smoking fools on Madden. Anything else you got coming up? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, no, just my podcast won't back down. It's on all the uh, the podcast platforms, and uh, that's it, man. I'm just doing physical therapy, and I'm training hard, and uh, and my kids are wrestling, and my daughter's doing dance and basketball, and I'm just living that that family man life. You know, very busy in the afternoons, and during the day, I'm I try to cut myself workouts and try to eat healthy as long as possible. Now, how are you, how, how are you, how are you as a dad on the sidelines when your kids are doing sports? Are you the dad like freaking out and like threatening the referees lives? Like, how are you as a dad watching your kids in competition? I am uh no, I am. My, my wife yells at me sometimes for not being more involved and not like yelling <laughs> at the ref about something, you know? And I'm like, come on, they're kids. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, I just understand just because, you know, I still, compete on a professional level and I've always been an athlete my whole life and I've seen different fathers and their the way they you know are with their kids and you know there's no right or wrong answer uh, but for me I think the the best way for the relationship of the dad and the son and also the best way to have your kid uh, you know be successful in whatever they want to become successful in is just to be there to support them to love them and if I could offer any advice you know and any any tech, technical advice of a sport, if they're willing to listen, I'm ready to teach. But a lot of times the kids don't want to learn from you, you know, and that's kind of just how it is. Like, like, you know, I've wrestled my whole life. I'm a decorated wrestler. You know, I, people would pay me to, you know, do prior lessons with me. But my, my kids, you know, they don't want to learn from me. I try to teach them something. They start walking the other way. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, and it's frustrating because I want to give them this shortcut of years and years of stuff that I learned. But at this point, they're not ready to learn from me. And if I start pushing them and pushing them, it's just going to divide me and them and our relationship. And it's not worth it. It's about living. I think the, the, instead of teaching your kids and trying to show them and try to, you know, uh, say certain things to them and whatever, I think it's more important to just watch them, let them watch you do you, you know, and let them learn from your actions, not from your words. And uh, not that I'm perfect at all. I'm, you know, I play Madden too much. But I, I do when I hit that workout room, I, I, I will outwork everybody and I'll try to kill myself uh, and push myself to the, 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 the highest, the highest level, the, 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 the breaking point every single time and then keep pushing. And uh, that's what I try to do. And my kids are not doing that at this point. And is it frustrating to see that I know what their potential could be and, you know, how good they could be if they actually do this now, but they're not ready yet. And if I, I can't push them to do that, that that's something they got to learn on their own. And I think that's a hard thing for parents is that, you know, every parent kind of knows more than their kid because the kid is a kid uh, and they want to like teach them. And it's very frustrating when your kid's not ready to learn from you, you know, and listen to you. And so now you try to jam it down their throat and then you have a battle, you know, then, then you're forcing them to do something they don't want to do anymore, you know, and uh, that's, and then relationships deteriorate and, and 
know, it's a sad story. So I'm trying my best. It's tempting. It's very tempting to push, but I'm trying my best to just uh, enjoy and love them and uh, be there for them as much as I possibly can. I don't want to miss sporting events. I don't want to miss practices. I want to be there for as much things as possible uh, and, and just be there for the ups and downs and be the best fan I could be of them. Yeah, but be honest. You're looking forward to the day when one of them's old enough that you can crush them in Madden. Be honest. I know it's okay to say that, Chris. You want to be. You want to. You want to have some in-house competition. <laughs> my one son, my my nine-year-old, is actually pretty good. He's beat one of my friends. He beat my one of, one of my friends four times the other day. <laughs> he, he was traveling in from California, and he thinks he's good at Madden. My son beat him four times. He's not bad. He's not again. He should be learning from me at Madden, but yet he tries <laughs> to do his own way. And I just gotta let him make his, you know, mistakes and. One day he'll come to daddy and ask, ask for help. So, and then, he, and then, he'll, be, then he'll be good. Oh, he'll I love be it. Good. He'll be great. I love it. Uh, Chris, again, thank you for taking the time as always, man. I appreciate it. Uh, look forward to watching the fights this weekend, man. And again, congratulations on coming back, man. I cannot wait to see you back in action as always. I'm sure we'll chat again when that gets closer. But uh, thank you as always for doing this, man. I really do appreciate it. Let's catch up again soon, okay? Yeah, and I really appreciate you uh, having me on. This was fun. And uh, you're always a gentleman, and uh, you you uh, definitely have the reputation of that in the fight community, and that's hard to have after all these years. So kudos to you on that. Um, and then, um, yeah, and I, I also want to just apologize again. I don't know if you're airing about my background here for the podcast. I don't mean to be the guy who's driving uh, <laughs> and, and on your podcast because – I, I know, like, when I do a podcast now, I have it my own, and someone, you know, I got, like, an hour podcast set with them, and they're in their, in their car, and they're driving. I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Come on, man. The audio sucks now, and, like, you know, I don't know. My producer's going nuts. So I apologize. You know, I just uh, – my day got mixed up with the times, and, you know, and, you know I have to go train, so – no worries at all, Chris. I appreciate you doing this, and thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that as well. And, uh, again, look forward to chatting again here in the near future. Best of luck with the podcast. And, uh, again, we'll chat soon, okay? My man, Damon. Keep it up, buddy. All, all right, talk to you soon. Enjoy the grind. Yep, all take right. care, bye. Bye-bye. There you go, Chris Weidman, the great Chris Weidman. I tell you what, I mean – to go what he again, not to turn this into this, we were talking about UFC 271 breaking down the card. Uh, to go what he's gone through and to talk about even potentially coming back in June, uh, that's amazing. Again, inspirational. And again, he doesn't need me telling him that. I'm sure he's going to hear that a thousand times over between now and when he actually books a fight. Amazing. And again, I say this as a guy who not only you know watched what happened to him in that fight, but I've talked to him several times and had several interviews with Chris since then. And uh, it's incredible. It's just incredible. So, yeah, it's huge, man. So, so exciting. He's going to be back. And, of course, UFC 271 this weekend. Uh, cannot wait for that card. Make sure you follow us all week long on MMA Fighting. The great Jose Youngs is going to be out there covering the event in Houston. Uh, we'll have coverage of Media Day on Wednesday. We'll have coverage on the press coverage on Thursday. Of course, weigh-ins Friday and then fight night coverage on MMA Fighting on Saturday night. Uh, again, want to say thank you to Chris Weidman for joining me on the show this week. And uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of The Fighter versus The Writer. Make sure you check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, and, of course, as I always say, on MMAfighting.com. Uh, we'll see you guys next week for another edition of The Fighter versus The Writer. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then.
You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.